Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Eliza Jane Brazier is the author of Good Rich People. She is an author, screenwriter, and journalist, and currently lives in California, where she is developing her books for television. Welcome, Eliza. Thanks for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss good rich people. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. <laughs> um, I have to tell listeners that behind Eliza is a horse from a carousel on like the gold pole and everything, just like right there in the background as if it's a chair. <laughs> it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's the winner, the winner of the Zoom background award, I have to say. Yeah, I still need chairs, but at least I have that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you please tell everybody what is Good Rich People about? Well, essentially it's about like this sort of bored rich couple who, to entertain themselves, they invite self-made success stories to live in their guest house. And then they sort of mess with them with the kind of eye to destroying their lives. 
<laughs> so they're playing one such game when the sort of target of the game actually ends up being not who they think it is. Yeah. So it just kind of has these explosive consequences. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to read this one passage in the beginning about Graham. And this is after, you know, the what is her name? Lila? Lila. Okay. Graham smells nothing like he looks. You would expect him to have a crisp, clean scent. Newly minted cash, soaked in lemon verbena. Instead, he smells like hot testosterone, like something feral, like the kind of man who would hack down the door with an axe to save kittens from a burning building. I don't know what to do with his smell. There is nothing more confusing than being sexually attracted to your husband. <laughs> so true. That was one of my favorite lines. I just love that. There were a lot of good lines. So, oh yeah, Lila with a Y. That's right, of course. Too funny. You said later, you said, Margot spends half her day walking bean. Lila, Margot's plastic surgery isn't perfect. If you look closely, you can see her original face. (laughs) All these little digs. Um, Which one did I love on this page? Margot owns half the neighborhood. There are other houses on our street, but I don't think people live in them. On occasion, I will see someone rambling along the street looking startled, as if they're not sure how they got there, but I never see the same person twice. That is what Margot likes about the neighborhood, what she likes about Los Angeles in general. You will never find a city where people care less about what you get up to. (laughs) Also true. (laughs) Okay. So what made you think of this? Did you have like a guest room experience and you were like, oh, imagine if X, Y, Z, like where did this come from? Honestly, it is so much stuff that's like from my life. So I would say like the main, the biggest thing is probably I lived below the poverty line for like a decade, actually in London. And during that time, so I was married to my late husband and he was a musician and he had all these friends who were like uber wealthy or like famous or whatever. So we were like below the poverty line, but we would go to these parties or he would like play shows at people's houses and they'd be these insanely wealthy people, like people who's like, you know, like names everyone would know. Right. And it was just like the whole contrast of that. And then we'd have, you know, sometimes they'd come to our house and it would be like their poverty experience, you know? And it's just like the whole contrast of like the extreme, I think, wealth and poverty that exists in the world is particularly in large cities. But then speaking to the guest house thing, when I wrote this book, I was living in the Hollywood Hills and I was living in a duplex and I was living underneath. So I was in this kind of creepy, dark little, like to me, it was the nicest, you know, it was the nicest place I ever lived. Like it was a one bedroom. And I was like, I've never had a one bedroom, but it was, you know, the one above was like clearly a lot nicer. And it was like this couple lived there and one was like a director, you know, and the other one was a writer. And it was just kind of like, so I kind of stole a little bit from all those things, you know? <laughs> As we do. <laughs> so wait, go back though. What can you, what happened to your husband? Um, well, he passed away probably about seven years ago. So yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, thank you. How long had you been married? Not that it matters, but. Well, we were together for seven years. Oh. We were married probably for three, I think, but yeah. No, it sucks. <laughs> set in or not set in? I mean, it's like, you know, it's just weird. I think I'm really lucky. Like, so right before he died is when I sold my first books. I sold YA books. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was really fortunate because it's like I had like money. So because like I said, like we had like nothing. Like we lived like in extreme poverty, honestly. 
but like he made it fun. But, <laughs> but yeah, so in that way, it was like, that was fortunate. I have like a really great family. You know, I've been able to like make this whole writing thing work. And I bought a house this year. I have a horse, I have a dog, you know? So it's like, I've been super fortunate. And I think a lot of that comes from things that he taught me, you know? And, you know, even though obviously, you know, he's still a part of my life. So it's just crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Did you grow up below the poverty line as well? Like what? Uh, no, my, my parents are, they're from LA. Like they're, I guess, like you'd say like middle class. Like, but I have like, I mean, I have like eight brothers and sisters, you know, I don't want to like, but you know, I mean, we definitely didn't have it like, you know, uh, like a lot of the people around us, but the level that I lived at with my husband was much let's say, I don't know what lower <laughs> on the money scale. <laughs> and were, were you working at the time or were you writing yeah. or were you? Yeah, no, I was, I mean, I did like various jobs. I also like had to always be trying to get a visa. So like I was in school for different parts. Like it was just like a lot of different things, but I, yeah, like bookkeeping. It's really weird. I mean, not to like, I guess go too far into it, but I mean, it's like, I don't think people realize that when you're coming from like a certain level, how hard it is to actually get a good job. I mean, I've applied, I applied like during that time to hundreds of jobs and I've never, you know, it's like, you can't even, when you can't even like wash your hair, you know, it's like, you're not, I think it's hard sometimes for people to understand how hard it is to get out of those kind of situations and how much, I mean, how much stress you're dealing with all the time as well. Like all, you know, trying to figure out, I guess, like how, you know, where you're going to get money from. And there's a lot of stuff that happens to you that wouldn't happen to you if you had money that you're constantly dealing with. So you're like an undulated, an undulated with a lot of trauma all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I did work. I had, I was like a bookkeeper. I worked for real estate companies. I did, I did, I was a waitress. I worked at bars. I did all kinds of things, but it was never, I never had a good job in my life ever to this day. I mean, apart from writing. Now you have the best job. Yeah, yeah, now it's cool. I mean, I never would have thought at that time. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't have plans to even, you know, be a writer. I wasn't very like optimistic about my future, I would say. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty well, how did you what did you do to get through those times? Like what did you read? Is that something like what did you do? I mean, this is a thing. It's like we're talking about such a long period when you're talking about almost a decade. So there's a lot oh, a long yes, time. I think that you go through a lot of different things. And you know what else? Honestly, like, I don't think that I thought of myself necessarily that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, it was just kind of a thing of like, there's just so many like little things that you, that you, that you're so occupied with, like thinking about how much money do you have and how much does somebody owe you? And how much does, uh, how, how much did my husband borrow from this person? And how much did this person borrow from him? And like, oh, you know, just like a constant running tally. And then the things that break and then you don't have them anymore and you have to like figure out ways to do that. And then like, you know, we had, there was like, it, it, there was a lot of issues with our a place that we lived, just constant drama, you know? So I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I've always been like a reader as a kid, but I would say that during that time, I didn't really read that much. Yeah, right. To be honest. Not, did you have any escapes from the stress? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I, we had, my husband had great friends. We had a ton of people that were super helpful. My husband also, like he would have people, I mean, this is like not a, necessarily an escape, but speaking to the point of the book, yeah. the character Michael, you know, who comes and lives with her is hundred percent based on, we had people living with us for most of our relationship, living on our sofa and kind of like looking back now, I obviously am like, wow, these were sort of like grifters who sort of took advantage of us, but <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it's just a weird, I, it's a different world, you know, because I can't even imagine doing that. But my husband would have people come and live with us and be trying to help them with their lives. And I was like, but honey. <laughs> <laughs> and yet your depiction in the book of like, you know, the wealthy woman in the supermarket just sort of picking up a housekeeper and all of that. So where does all that come from? I mean, definitely like just, I guess I would say like observation. Yeah, I think I really, I'm definitely like an observer of people. And I I find people just so funny the way that, that they act. And the, I don't know. So I def, definitely think like just from people I've maybe interacted with or just almost like making fun of. I think people make such weird decisions. You just wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like just you. trying to like imagine maybe what somebody's thinking might be. <laughs> so how did you then end up as a writer? How like what happened? Well, so uh, like did a year. Have, wait, go all the way back to like the strange people staying on your couch and not <laughs> washing your hair, and take me to this book. I tried to wash my hair, but we did, there was points when we didn't have hot water, so that was, and we only had a bath, so it was hard in London, right? Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess like about a year before my husband died, my sister-in-law is a very successful writer, uh, Kirsten White. And she, like at that point, it already had like six or seven books. And I was like, dude, like if she can do it, like maybe I can, like, I'm just going to kind of do what she did. And so what that was, was basically, and this was what, I guess, like seven, eight years ago, join Twitter, read every blog about how to write, how to approach agents. Uh, what do agents want? How do you get an editor? Like, how do you do all this stuff? And I got involved in like, you know, those contests and stuff. And so I, I did all that and I just like really worked very diligently for like a year on a book. And then, you know, I had some agents who were, who, who like read the book and said, we like the idea. We don't like the book. So I rewrote the entire book, sent it out. And then I started getting interest from agents. I actually had on that. So this is my YA book. And I had like 12 agents offered to represent me, right? Wow. One who honestly, like she's, I, she's not my agent anymore, but she's like one of the best agents in the world. So she at that time she was kind of starting out, but anyway, so she represented my book. She got like multiple editors interested in auction and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, it was like a, such a huge thing. Like I remember like me and my husband, like waking up to getting that. Cause you know, it was in different times zone, getting the email that like from Disney Hyperion with the offer. Oh my gosh. Being like, it was more money in that contract than I would have made at my current job in my entire life. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yes. just crazy. Like we're like jumping up and down on the bed. Just wild. So yeah, just, I mean, honestly, I think that the publishing world can feel super inaccessible, but then the internet, I think is kind of like the great equalizer and really, really helps with that. And there's so many resources out there and people that can support you and all that kind of stuff. And if, I think if you're really diligent about it and just like, you know, I'm very obsessive about things. So yeah, I just got really stuck in and like just kept working. It's But it's still, it's up and down. I mean, I didn't get another book deal for probably four or five years after that, you know? (laughs) So it's just never like, you're just like, oh, he's trying. (laughs) Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So were, but were there books you wrote that they rejected or you just didn't, or proposals or like what happened then? Sorry, yeah, taking you back. Me. No, yeah, no, no. It's just because it's like, it's such a, I don't know. I think I pack a lot into like short amounts of times. So, you know, I, I, I sold that book. My husband died literally what, like I got my first check and I was in LA and I got my first check from Disney. And literally the next day, my husband had this accident where he like lost the use of his arm and then he died probably like a month and a half after. So it was just a lot. Oh my God. So, yes. What was, um, what, what was the accident? Do you, can you talk felt, about it? He, well, I don't want to go to like, all, he yeah. fell through a glass partition in our house. Oh, um, he severed like his arm. Like it was just like a lot. Anyway. Oh God. Yeah. Crazy. Very. I mean, um, and also like, in, so the, this is like a, well, cause now you may be, but it's the weird thing, right. Is you know, how there's people living on our sofas. So like there was some guy living on our sofa that, you know, made a tourniquet out of a belt called 999, you know, like a bajillion ambulances showed up. They actually lifelighted him in a helicopter. Oh my God. Which was like not even far from us, but I guess that's like how they do it. And the, there was like an army surgeon, like this is how amazing to the UK is by the way, like the NHS, Oh my God. Yeah. But this like army surgeon like operated, you know, like while they were flying to, you know, to Paddington, like it was crazy. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. But anyway, yeah. So he died. And then I still had another book in that contract. And I was just like, I was struggling. Like I was working so hard. Like I was trying so hard, but my brain was just like not working. Yeah. Just like that thing that I think a lot of people go through. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. depression, grief, whatever. I, and it was just like the hardest thing because I really was, you know, like working and writing and rewriting and trying. And it was like, I couldn't even think straight. So yeah, it took, I honestly, and I was sending. So after I finally got the second book through and then I was like sending other books to my agent, she was rejecting them over and over. Oh no. And I was just kind of realizing like, maybe like I'm like the kind of the problem. Maybe I needed to stop doing this. And then I just had like a couple different things where I felt like that was the message I was getting. So I, I like quit. Basically I said to my agent, I don't want to, I don't want you to represent me anymore. Like I'm done kind of thing. I need, you know, whatever. I I didn't think I would go back to it. And I moved back to America to work at a dude ranch because I used to ride horses when I was a kid. And I was just trying to find anything that Mm -hmm. would kind of make me happy. (laughs) So I go to this dude ranch and it was like a nightmare. It was terrible. I was there for like six weeks. The people were totally crazy. We're in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, okay. So I had to leave. It literally got like dangerous. And I was like, well, I have to leave. So I, yeah, I left. But then six months later, like fast forward, 
I moved to Los Angeles, wanted to be a TV writer, had this idea that like the setting of that dude ranch would be a good setting for a novel or, or a story, right? And then I ended up writing it as a novel because I couldn't, I didn't know how to sell for TV. Yeah. So it all kind of like weirdly worked out, right? Because like I quit, ended up at this ranch and then the ranch turned into If I Disappear, which was the novel before this one. And then I, you know, sold that actually to like be involved in the TV show. And then now I have good rich people. And it's like, it's just weird. It's like this crazy journey, but like in a way, even the bad things have fed into good things, which I think like by force sometimes because I'll make that happen, but you know. (laughs) Wow. I'm like super impressed. And it's probably so confusing to people, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, you know, (laughs) you're saying all this with like, you know, if people couldn't see you, right? Like pretend they were just hearing your words. They would imagine that you were, you know, very somber, like that the because the things you're talking about are so serious. And you say it with like a laugh and a, and this like joyousness, this like buoyancy to you. It's, it's like sort of, it's great. I mean, it's wonderful. What can you do? (laughs) What can you do? I know. You know, that is like a very real thing though. I've read up on grief a bit and, you know, this whole brain fog is a thing. Like you literally are compromised until, you know. Frustrating because it was like, you know, you're under contract. They pushed my book back a year. I still feel like the book was terrible. I think they probably felt that way too. It just sucked. Like it sucks when you're, you're sitting there and you're doing it and you're like, what? I can't, does this even make sense? Like what? Like, what are sentences? Like, what are words? Like, floating on the page. You know what I mean? It's like, this is not fun. Uh, yeah. But like I said, like, I've been, like, you know, lucky. I think it's like, if you push, if you just keep going forward, and that's, like, the thing, too. It's like, there's so many times in my life when it's like, you just think, like, oh, my gosh, I'm this, is this going to be forever? Like, am I always going to be like this? Is this life always going to be this hard? And it's like, no, it won't. It might be harder. It might be easier. Sometimes it's going to be up and down, but it's not going to be the same. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's like why we focus on the day at hand, right? Yeah. Like you don't know what's coming next. So you just, you know, yeah. focus on so all you can do. Control, right. Cause you can only control your perspective of things like for real, like hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. And even sometimes you can't control that. <laughs> so be glad when you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So are you still writing? Like, are you enjoying writing? <laughs> I, I honestly enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Okay. I think it was hard. Like when I wrote If I Disappear, it was like a very tearful. I don't know why. <laughs> it was like torture. You don't know why. I wonder why. It's such a mystery to me. <laughs> well, and I, then I started writing. Yeah. Then I started writing Good Rich People and it's like, hello, pandemic. I'm like, wow, that's another level. But when I wrote like the final draft of Good Rich People, so I like rewrote the entire book in like five weeks because I wow. just didn't think it was working. And I enjoyed that. Like I was laughing, you know, it was hard. (laughs) It's like I was writing very quickly, but I think it was, it was fun. And like the book I'm working on now, it's like, there's times when I'm like, this is so good. And then there's other times when I'm like, oh my God, a crazy person wrote this. (laughs) What is your book now? It's, um, it's basically about like mothers and daughters in like the horseback riding sort of world in Southern California. It was like, I grew up riding horses and like, I actually worked at like some super posh barns in like Orange County in LA when I sold, if I disappear, actually, that's what I was doing. So I am very like fascinated by that. And I just wanted to write some cool kind of, you know, it's sort of like a um, woman's fiction kind of mystery vibe in that world. Oh, that like, sounds awesome. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's, wow. I mean, it'll be cool eventually. Just, you know, <laughs> give it some time. My sister-in-law grew up working 
as a she rode a lot and then a student and then was a teacher for like all these you know she has some really funny stories let me just say that for yeah, this very we probably have similar stories you probably have similar stories i should put you two in touch you know it's very funny that the things that she'll say meanwhile i was like you know taking my little riding lessons for one summer and <laughs> anyway oh my gosh okay well do you have any advice for aspiring authors I guess like my advice is that I think, you know, I think that it's way harder than anyone realizes. So if you feel like it's really hard, you're doing something right. (laughs) And I think just, it's like perseverance and like, you know, that's the biggest thing. It's not about like some, you know, being able to like stick with something and keep working on it, even when it's bad, I find for me, it's the hardest thing because I'll look at something and I'll compare it to other people and I'll be like, this is terrible. You know, like I should just stop. I should quit. Like I'll never be as good as everyone else, which maybe I won't who cares, but like, (laughs) but just like, you know, you can get, it gets better, you know, like you have to keep working on it. And that's like, I think just the hardest thing. But if you do, if you can do that, then you're golden, you'll be fine. You know, it's so funny because I've been like putting some quotes that I love that I hear like on the podcast or in a book or something. And I've been like thinking about putting them on t-shirts or something and like doing like a little line of of t-shirts with like unique quotes or something. So I was just thinking about what you said and you were saying, if it feels really hard, you're doing something right. And then I'm like, people could totally misinterpret what that quote is about. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot put that on a t-shirt actually. That, that is like my subtle, yeah, subtext. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm writing is really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally. Yeah. Back to your, you know, attractive husband scene that we talked about at the beginning. But yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Eliza, first of all, I'm really just I know you you talk about it in a in a in a way because you've had to find a way to just I I'm just so I'm really sorry for your loss and all the stuff you went through. And I know sorry is such a pathetic thing to say, but I'm sorry you had to go through all that. And thank you for sharing it. And it's really inspiring how you've gotten through that. And I can see it like your attitude is like so huge, right? It's so, look at this like laugh and smile and look at all the stuff. I mean, this is amazing, right? People with every resource at their fingertips couldn't write this book. So anyway, it's amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's very, very kind of you to say. No problem. All right. Well, go enjoy your carousel horse and uh, your actual horses and, uh, you know, lap up, take a victory, take a victory lap by the success of this one. So (laughs) thank you so much. You're welcome. It's so nice to connect. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 